What's up, RTC? This is the Career Progressions Podcast, brought to you by RevealTalent.com. I'm your career advocate, Mark Allred. You know, building the career you want is no longer about climbing the ladder of success. Technology and the speed of information have made advancing in your career like climbing a rock wall. Our podcast focuses on the stories of career pros and experts who have climbed before you. What they share will help you find the climbing holds they use to get where they are today. Their stories will help you be proactive, be intentional, and keep moving forward. So picture this, you're a senior getting ready to graduate from your university. It's getting close to final exams and you're chilling in your introduction to pop culture class that you took as an elective to complete the credits you needed to graduate. You're daydreaming about life after college with when all of a sudden, someone you've never met before comes into the classroom and asks to see you. You realize it's someone from your campus career services department. They came all the way across campus to find you in class because you haven't been by to see them. And they wanted to make sure that you had support preparing for life after college. Has this ever happened to anyone? I mean, I can tell you it didn't happen to me or anyone else I know. But apparently it's happening on the campus of Baylor University. I've mentioned before that studies show that less than 20% of students use the career resources offered by the universities. Well, at Baylor, for one resource in particular, the utilization number is greater than 85%. So why is Baylor different? Well, I've invited the Director of Engagement and Career Center at Baylor, Amy Rylander, to tell us and to also have a conversation about why people like Amy have to fight so hard to help graduates chart their careers. Hey, Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Oh, hey, before we get started, I'd love to just pause and, and, and recap some of the other cool stats you shared with me, if that'd be all right. Sure. So let's see, you said that uh, results the Baylor is seeing, seeing for some of the Career Center supporting students is 91% of students who start engaging with you guys as a freshman find a job within the first 90 days of graduation. That's pretty cool. And then 80% of students who complete internships have jobs by the time they graduate. And this year, you apparently had 2,800 students attend an on-campus career day, and uh, you spoke to about 105 employers. Well, I tell you what, Baylor certainly is a very well-respected university, but it seems like your team is hustling to provide some pretty exceptional support as well. So how are you guys sustaining these numbers? So first of all, you have to know something about our team. Um, we're really focused on results. So we look at numbers every single day and we strategize how to improve all the results that we have. So you mentioned a lot of different pieces in this first question. So freshmen, let's talk about freshmen. We start at orientation, it's 12 weeks of orientation in the summer and we talk with all the incoming students and their parents about four simple steps that need to be taken the first year at Baylor super easy, doable steps for them. Yeah. It's just to start those students, you know, in a path of coming to our career center. We offer, um, you mentioned one of the career day events. We actually have two all major career events, one in the fall and one in the spring. Um, this year, unlike all schools, 
And like all the other schools, you know, ours were both in person. So the fall event, we had 101 employers and about 2,800 students attending. The spring event, we had 114 employers, and that was strange because it's usually a smaller event. Interesting. And we had nearly 3,000 students um, registered. Well, then that day came, we had a freak snowstorm. So in we the went spring? <laughs> it never happens in Texas, but it did. Wow. But we ended up with 105 employers and then over that 2,000 students in attendance. So, you know, we just are always making sure that we have something for everyone you know, at those events. Well, and I, I love the results-oriented focus of that. I mean, that's something we speak big about with uh, resumes. You got to make sure you got your results in there. And I love that you guys are using results as a way to kind of focus on the kids. And, and a tremendous strategy to have, uh, you know, something to engage them about when they first come in so they know you and, yeah. and find it easier to want to wanna be a part of letting you help them, for goodness sake. Now, let me ask you this, though. Is it true? Do you go to the classes and actually talk to the kids there? Absolutely. There's a couple of times that we do it. Um, it used to be that we were just hunting down seniors to find out what they were going to do. There's something called a first destination survey that all colleges and universities do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of those schools get about a 40 to 60 percent rate of um, knowledge. So 40 to 60 percent of the students answer. Yeah, that wasn't good enough for us. And I said, well, we have access to know where they are in class. What if we showed up and just asked them in person? Huh. So um, we quickly went to a 99% knowledge rate wow. and we maintained that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll ask them. That's fantastic. Well, and, and I know the parents truly appreciate you guys for staying so engaged with their kids. But I mean, what else are you guys doing? I mean, you've mentioned some things pretty quickly right off the front end of our conversation that makes you different from other universities. What are some other things that differentiate you guys when it comes to really just getting the kids involved in their careers? Well, so I don't know how all career centers are set up. I have friends, you know, all across the U.S. who mm -hmm. are in different ones. But let me tell you a little bit about Baylor and how we're set up. So our career center is broken out into different teams that support specific colleges. And then those teams are broken out into specific people who work with specific majors. So that means that as soon as a student has a major or thinks they have a major, that student has a specific person in our career center. So even at orientation, it's so much fun as you're talking in these um, presentations that we give. When a student says, oh, I'm going to be an interior uh, design major. And I said, oh, you'll be working with Lexi. Huh. And another said, but I'm going to do marketing. Well, you're going to be working with Kaylee. And another might say English. Well, you're going to be working with Raina. So there's already that name associated with it. Genius. So now that you know how we're organized, you also need to know that our team is always busy engaging with multiple parties. So in the summer, you know, you were asking me earlier um, before we started this. Yeah. What do you do in the summer? Oh, well, in the summer, we're always talking with employers. Maybe we've already partnered with them and we need to know how we can make our relationship better and how we can get more students employed by them. And we're looking for employers who we might not be connected with yet, but who our students might be interested in working with. We're also engaging with faculty members on our campus, finding opportunities to talk with their students in their classrooms or learning more about employers that they might like for their majors or how we can help them out with their majors. We're engaging with the department chairs and deans of our different colleges to show them where their graduates go after they leave Baylor. 
which graduate programs seem to be a great fit, which jobs their students are taking and what those salaries are. Um, and let me just tell you on a side note, yeah, department chairs get really competitive with each other. <laughs> right. like, you don't ever you know, use that to your advantage, do you? Oh, it was great. Last <laughs> summer, it was uh, the head of political science was saying, well, why is international studies better than my student? And let me just tell you, political science has had a big growth this, this semester in, yeah. their, in their placement. But we're also talking with admissions so that they can help talk or they can help show parents what the return on investment is going to be for their student doing whatever they want to do. We also engage with parents twice a year with a newsletter. Um, we have it printed and delivered to their homes. Wow. And yeah, the newsletter outlines what the Career Center is offering in the upcoming semester, like the events, the dates, all that kind of stuff, what their students need to be doing at each year in their schooling. We share a success story about some students. And then it's always fun to be in the front of the Career Center the week after that newsletter hits because students come in and they say, Hi, my mom got a letter <laughs> sent to the career center. So it's 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 so fun on that. Um, you know, additionally, our career center offers four credit classes on professional development. So students in our business school are required to take the class, and other students are encouraged to take them. Yeah. But outside of that, the other pieces, we are super transparent with our information. We collect information from our graduating seniors every semester, and most universities do. Yeah. But I told you earlier what we do different is we have that 99% knowledge rate. Um, once we know, it, you know, we do this early in the semester so that we know which students are actually seeking opportunities. So once we know that, we know which students we need to hone in on and bring into our offices and help find. So. Unbelievable. Well, Amy, I'll tell you, you, you just don't sound passionate at all about this <laughs> stuff. <laughs> well, and you know, and shoot, I think I think let that be a lesson to the students. There are a couple of lessons I can have them take away from this. One is be active. When I listen yeah. to all the things you guys are doing to drive the results that you're having getting to these students, it's all about being active. You're talking to all kinds of people, employers and department heads and and, it, you know, it's just continuing to look at this and figure it out. I mean, students, you guys should be doing the same thing with your career search. Be active. Be working around and you know, take into account the kind of thing you're hearing about this passion to get, uh, in, a, get in front of the right people. So that's mm -hmm. really, uh, really powerful. Uh, having passion certainly doesn't hurt either. But let me ask you, I mean, with all this stuff that you're doing, why is it still so difficult to, for, to get kids to engage in this resource that's, I mean, it's a part of what their parents or themselves, if they're paid for their own, you know, a university experience, it's included, right? It's totally included in it. But I had to think about this one uh, quite a bit, but I look at it and I think students are busy being students. Yeah. So, you know, back in the dark ages, as I call it, the 80s and early 90s, um, <laughs> I was an undergrad. Yep. at the University of Southern Mississippi. And I was busy with classes because I perceived that going to class was my main priority. And I was really busy with my social calendar. You know, I was, I was a Delta Gamma. I was in the band. There was all these different things. And when I graduated in 92 with my BA in English, I didn't really know what I wanted to do because I was so busy doing college. I didn't think about the career center. Mm. 
And I honestly don't think much has changed with that mindset. You know, four years flies by. And if students aren't careful, careful, they're sitting in April, one month before they graduate, wondering what the heck, you know? So career centers need to grab the attention of students instead of waiting for students to show up. And I think that's what we do pretty well. And Amy, it's funny. I mean, uh, we had a very similar path. I graduated in 92 as well. And I, and same thing. I, I was, I was definitely dialed into, to being a student, but I was also dialed into being a young adult who wasn't living at home anymore, which can be a little distracting. Uh, and you know, and it's funny, I think one of the reasons why I am so passionate about what we do in the reveal talent community and how we help, you know, kids kind of not, uh, not be reactive to their career. We always talk about be proactive about your career, not reactive. Because I, I, I had the career I had out of sheer dumb luck. I went to a temporary agency that placed me with a wireless company back in the days when wireless was just getting started. And it mm-hmm. turned into a 26-year career. Talk about reacting. You know, I just got lucky. Uh, but that doesn't happen for a lot of people. You just end up floating from position to position. And, and it shouldn't be that way. If you take advantage of the resources that are freely available to you and what you're doing and and resources like we have in the Reveal Talent community, you can make it a whole lot easier to get some of the things done to get on the path you want to be on. So as far as these resources, I mean, um, what would you say are the top three services or pieces of advice that you provide to the students that you're working with? I've thought about this in a long time because Boy, to narrow it down to three, yeah, pretty tough. But um, I think more of it is advice. Um, and our teams that work with students uh, who are in liberal arts fields, you know, sometimes those kids think, "Oh my goodness, I picked the wrong major. Mm. My major is going to dictate what I do the rest of my life." Well, that's the first piece of advice I offer students. I said, "Your major doesn't necessarily dictate your career." I mean, obviously, some are more closely aligned, but getting a degree is part of the whole obstacle course of finding a career. Yeah. That's all it is. Um, And sometimes the biggest thing your degree says about you is you have the ability to start and finish something. Uh, That's exactly it. In fact, that was the piece of advice that one of my dad's friends, who is now my older brother's father-in-law, gave me my freshman year in college. You know, he was an executive with, um, a large company and he did sales in Central America. And he said, just get a degree. Hmm. So you'll start and finish something. It doesn't matter. So that was kind of cool. Um, the second thing I tell students all the time is part-time jobs, campus club involvement, and even class group projects are great places to gain and build upon transferable skills that you're going to need in any job. And so every time that you take on a role, whether it's being a leader of a class project or you know, a part-time job at the local pizza place. There's a really popular one here in Waco yeah. that a lot of kids work at. Yeah. But they should always be thinking about what they're learning outside of just the academics and what it is that they can take from that that transfers into a career. Well, I was going to say, too, you mentioned part-time jobs, associations. And if you go back to one of those early stats I talked about, like 80% of your students uh, who have completed internships and I have a job by the time they graduate. Now that's a fun yeah. stat. So I think making sure you take full advantage of getting into an internship is important as well, right? Well, actually, that was my third point. It's like you read my mind. Say, or look something. at that. Um, I always tell students there's no downside of ever having an internship. 
you know, you either go into it and you love it or you come out of it and you go, wow, I hated that. Um, so if you like it and you do well in it, there's usually a full-time job offered to you at the end of it. That's that 80% conversion. And then if you don't like it, then you know what you're not going to pursue. So why wouldn't you spend three months of your life figuring that piece out? Yeah, no doubt. It's funny. I, uh, I had an internship with one of the local B league basketball teams and I, I never turned into a career for me, but I remember the day that uh, the guy that was uh, running the internship came to me and said, hey, we are having the fabulous Laker girls come in as, as part of the group that's going to be here. Your job is to take care of them. Well, that was a nice assignment. So you never know when yes, good things might mom, happen. Right? <laughs> might happen. So yeah, internships, it was a great experience. Again, didn't really turn into a, a, a job opportunity for me, but I learned a lot and got to do some pretty unique things. And so like you're saying, take advantage of those opportunities. Well, let's look at the other side of this. Um, what do you see as the biggest mistake that students are making when it comes to preparing for their career? They're afraid they're going to make a mistake and take the wrong job. Mm. Then it's kind of paralysis. They don't want to make a mistake. So they slow down and they don't do anything. They're afraid, at least I hear on our, our campus, they're afraid they're going to miss their true calling. And it's, it's like they think that this is the one and only opportunity they're ever going to have to get a job. And when the reality is they're going to change jobs many times over the course of their adult lives. Yeah. And over the course of all those job changes, they'll figure out at some point what their calling is. Um, you know, I'll share this. I didn't know what I wanted to do right out of college. So I took a job as a flight attendant because back in that day, that was the best place to network, right? Mm. On a plane, we didn't have the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. So during, you know, that year and a half that I worked in that industry, I found out I really liked helping people to get to their destination and to keep them calm. And then I went on to work in marketing with a retailer, and that moved into recruiting for the same retailer. And again, I realized I like helping people get into the right job. And when that industry was changed dramatically, it gave me the opportunity to work at Baylor in the Career Center, helping people get to their destination after college. Mm. So I figure out after, what, 22 years in the corporate world, and then I came here, oh gosh, 23 years now in the corporate world and came here eight years ago, yeah. I found calling. Just took me a couple of decades. Just you know? a little bit. Right. Well, and, you know, and that's one of the things we really try to do is to help folks shorten that timeline a bit. And it's just a matter of doing some introspection and, and understanding how to, to be proactive when it comes to a job search. Well, you guys deal with a yeah. lot of parents. And, oh, yeah. and we deal with a lot of parents on the back end after, after school's over and the kids are out. They've been out for a few months and they're not quite landing yet. You know, they're not uh, the failure to launch kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's tough on parents. I mean, they're watching their kids struggle and, 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 and it's, it's difficult to watch and, and to step back. I mean, they want to help, but many young adults at that time in their lives tend to push back on help from mom and dad, they get this, I need to do this myself mentality. So what advice do you give parents that are dealing with that? I mean, how do they, how do they navigate that when their students going through that time or really not a student anymore? Well, you know, on the first side of this, this job market we're in is crazy incredible. Hmm. I, there shouldn't be a struggle, but there is. And um, I'm also a parent. And, and I'll talk about that in just a second. But 
kids who are struggling need to take a hard look at why they're struggling. And maybe that's what a parent can say, you know, mm. what is it that is your struggle? Is it as simple as working on their resumes? You know, maybe their resumes are only showing what they're responsible for, not actually what they did and what the results right. of that were. Or, and I've had this happen a lot, students get the interview, but then after that first interview, they don't have the job. So are they struggling to figure out how to answer those questions correctly? Or maybe they're presenting themselves in a negative light. You know, so many times we say, oh, I don't have this experience, but I have this one. Well, as a former recruiter, I'm going to tell you, that's one of the worst things you can say. Mm. Just tell them what you do have. Don't tell them what you don't have. But um, I said, this is kind of a tough one because I do, I have three children. So they're ages 25, 24, and 21. So I am there. I totally get it. They've each had their struggles and they each respond differently to advice. So my oldest son told me probably six months ago, he learns best from the school of hard knocks. Mm. Finally, just learning, I got to let that happen. And so the best advice that I gave to him was just do the best that you can do in every job you take. So right now he is working in landscaping and roofing during the day and bartending at night. And he is so happy and he's making ends meet. So he's not starving. Hmm. That's that's a good thing. You know, my, my middle child, she's kind of taken her time and she works a couple of jobs and she's tackling school at a slower pace, but you know, she's doing it on her own. She wants to be independent. I have to let her do it. Um, And she's on track to finish up with a degree next May, which is great. And then my youngest is stuck with having me on the same campus. Oh, my. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, Your passionate mom shows up at your sorority meetings or in your classes or that kind of thing or has eight (laughs) people text you to go to the career fair. So I'm a little bit different with her. Uh, She's 21. And the advice I gave her was to take advantage of the career fairs on campus. and. After eight texts from my coworkers, she did show up to the one in the spring <laughs> and she gained an internship. So she's moving to Boston in June oh, to wow. do an internship this summer in e-commerce. So I guess the whole thing is your children need to figure it out. Like you cannot figure it out for them. You need to encourage them, but you also need to encourage them to do something sooner rather than later. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and just start working with a plan. I mean, I think they, your kids, certainly get to benefit from watching you do the work that you do. Uh, I mean, you are very proactive in how you're doing that, and hopefully they're seeing that as well. And that's another thing you can do with your kids is lead by example. Uh, At at any given point, people will see that. Well, okay, Amy, let's talk about you. We talked about the kids. Let's talk about you. You you may know towards the end of the podcast, I like to ask the guests if they'd be willing to get a little vulnerable and share something about their career journey. You already did some of that. Uh, you shared a little bit about, um, you know, how you kind of worked as a flight attendant to begin. But when you look back, uh, you know, on the time when you were coming out of college, I mean, what can you share about that experience in your life? Uh, you, you know, what would you add to what you already had said to that? Well, you know, I was thinking about this this morning quite a bit. And uh, I, I think about my dad a lot mm-hmm. on this one. He was awesome. So he was this engineer, you know, and he was this one who couldn't believe I was going to major in English. You know, what do you do with that? There's no math. There's no science. There'll be no jobs. Um, but he told me as I was coming out of college that I should take the summer off because it'd be the last one I ever had off. That's um, uh, right. And that was 30 years ago. Wow. Looking back on it, you know, I think about it. 
And maybe he should have pushed me to find something sooner before I left the campus in Hattiesburg and moved back home to Kentucky. Although thinking back that summer, the conversations that he and I had on the front porch every evening are priceless. Um, He died about 18 months after I graduated. So I've gone a long time without him. But my big takeaways from those conversations was that he didn't necessarily mind what it was at the career, what, what the career was that I was going to do. I mean, I could have been a street sweeper. He wouldn't have cared. That's fine. But that I should always try to be the best at that and give my best every single day. And so I remember the night when I told him I was going to be a flight attendant. He just kind of sat back and looked at me and he had these smiley brown eyes. And he, he just looked at me and he said, OK, so what's your goal? on that. And I said, well, um, I will either, you know, figure it's the best place to network and I will either meet a millionaire and get married and never have to work. And he kind of laughed. I said, or I'll meet someone and work with them. So he died while I was a flight attendant. So he never saw what did happen on a plane. Uh I met co-founders of the retail company that I ended up working with for 15 years. Wow. And it's because of that retail company and because of my connections with those people that I actually ended up with Baylor University, which is just a strange, strange, you know, 30 year progression on that. So, you know, he never saw that. He never knew, you know, never met my husband, never met my children, but I feel like he would be really proud that I do best every day and that I've passed that lesson on to my children. I mean, what a great legacy he left. No doubt. Well, and Amy, thank you. What a what a vulnerable story and a special story. Um, you know, as a dad myself, you know, I'm I'm hoping I've left even just the smallest part of what your dad left for you. Uh, you know, to kind of help you kind of start where you were. I mean, it's a great story. And 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 again, you you were you were very proactive in how you were choosing to be a flight attendant. It wasn't just because you know you liked the way they dressed or whatever it was. <laughs> Uh, so good for you. And I, I'm, I'm sorry to hear he was not able to, to see the fruits of all that for you. But it, I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. But, you know, again, I hope folks are hearing, you know, the important thing about having a plan and, and use your resources. Uh, you know, I, I know it's an interesting time of life where you want to kind of do it on your own. And, and I get that. I was there. Amy was there. But you've got a lot of people around you who just want to see you succeed and want to help you out. And I would encourage you to use folks like uh, like Amy and and the the resources there at Baylor to to help propel yourself in the places you want to go. Well, Amy, as we kind of get towards the end here, what else? Anything else you want to tell us about what's going on there at Baylor or other things like that? Absolutely, um, I'm super excited. You know, I told you we track our numbers every day, and this morning I was meeting with my team, and it looks like we're on track to beat our numbers from last spring which were better than spring of 2020, which were better than spring of 19. So great things are happening. We are making progress. Even, you know, when the rest of the world was dealing with pandemic, we were too, but we just dealt with it a little differently. Hmm. But um, I did want to share something I thought was interesting. As we continue to build good relationships with our students here, the other day I was reminded we do have good relationships. I had a student who came in, she's graduating this week and, has a job lined up. And she said, I just wanted to come in, get a picture with you 
and get one last piece of advice. (laughs) Okay, that's fine. I can do that. So my advice I gave to her and that I like to give to students all the time is that careers do progress. They don't always progress where we originally think that they will, but they're kind of like that Google map. You know, you start down a path and if you take a turn that wasn't originally on your map, you just redirect and keep going. Anyway, that's what I shared with her. And I think it's kind of a fun piece of advice. I think it is too. And I love how you're talking about career progression because that's what we're all about here. So that's fantastic. Amy, what a blessing you are to the folks there at Baylor. They're certainly very fortunate to have you. And uh, I just wish you all a continued success, uh, you know, that you continue to beat those numbers and continue to bring value to those kids and get them started with wonderful careers. But thank you for sharing your time with us today. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. Well, I tell you what, Baylor University is so very lucky to have Amy. Couldn't you just feel her passion for the work that she and her team are doing? Whether you're at Baylor or any university, just know there are people around you that just want the best for you in your career. We certainly do here at the Reveal Talent community. Everything we do is about helping you figure out what drives you about your career, what your priorities are, and how you bring value. We then help you take all of this awareness and put it into action in your resume, your LinkedIn profile, your networking, and your interviews. Want to learn more? Check us out at revealedtalent.com.